Hey there, welcome to the LSAT Demon Daily. I'm Matt Dumont, an LSAT teacher and tutor at the LSAT Demon, and now a rising 3L at the University of Maryland. Yeah, with me is Becca Cumberbatch, also an LSAT teacher and tutor with the Demon, and also a rising 3L at Maryland Law. How you doing, the good Becca? thing about showing 3L on your fingers is you have to say win and lose. <laughs> and uh, for those of you who can't see this because this is a podcast, Oops. Becca is doing all the 3L things with her fingers. <laughs> and she's doing a good job. That's that's for this the YouTube special. Um, uh-huh. uh, it would be great. Uh, how, are you, how are you, Becca? Uh, just, you know, real peachy, just finished my last final yesterday afternoon. And so when I taught class this morning at LSAT brunch, you know, 11 a.m. Eastern time, by the way, I just really was in a great mood. And I don't know if I was, you know, as effervescent and contagious as I felt, but I feel good. How about you, Matt? How's life? I'm good. Uh, 3L, 3L's on the way. Um, I'm just excited for the summer, uh, excited about the job stuff. Um, uh, what, what are you doing for the summer? So I am very excited. I got a internship this summer with Baltimore city public schools, chief, uh, or office of legal counsel. And so I'm going to be working with them to keep the schools running, which is kind of my jam. How about you, Matt? What are you doing? I am judicial interning for judge Baran on the Maryland court of appeals, which is, um, Maryland's like Supreme court. Uh, I'm going to be listening to oral arguments and uh, and pretending that I know how to write a bench memo. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be Fake great. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Um, That's awesome. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm excited about your job. It sounds awesome. And Lord knows Baltimore City Schools, they need all the help they can get. Yes. Yes. Happy to provide, especially if they want some more help that they Pay me for after I graduate from law school. You hear yeah. that? I know Baltimore City Public Schools loves listening to uh, Thinking LSAT podcasts. So. And the LSAT Demon Daily, yeah. Um, so uh, the reason we're here today is uh, we got some questions about whether LSAT prep uh, prepares students for law school. And so um, I wanted to bring you on just because, you know, you're just finished your second year. Um, and so let's talk about what the LSAT does prep you for and what it does not. And then um, maybe we can uh, point some people to some helpful resources as we wrap up. So um, what do you think the LSAT preps you for for law school? So one thing, as I like to call myself uh, quite the uh, reading comp guru, I definitely will defend until I die that LSAT reading comp is a great preparation for a lot of the kind of reading that you do as a law student with very dense and very convoluted texts that are not immediately interesting and are not written to be easy to comprehend. And the strategies that you use to be very good at reading comp on the LSAT, for instance, being able to talk back to the text and ask questions and summarize what you've read and predict where they're going, All of those things that we do in class every day are the things that you should be doing while you are reading your textbooks and reading opinions and all these old documents and all this stuff that you read for law school. You have to be able often to manufacture interest in what you are reading, and you can do that successfully on reading comp, master reading comp on the LSAT, and directly transfer those skills 
So that's yeah. one. What about you, Matt? What's something you think you really see the benefit? I'm going to piggyback on uh, reading comp and say that I think reading comp and like the identification of the main point is an exercise of identifying the case holding um, that directly translates. And the way um, uh, that I've been challenging some of the students that I've worked with at the Demon is saying like, hey, I want you to tell me what this is and why I care. Um, I typically say of like, what's the topic and why do I give a shit? And like that essentially is the main point, right? And so what is the main point of a 60-page case? Like you have to do the same kind of thing. And then I challenge people to try to do it in as few words as possible. I'm like, hey, try to do this in eight words or less. And they're like, ah, I can't do that. And I just point to the idea of two cases that I think most people are pretty familiar with. And that's Plessy v. Ferguson, which is separate but equal. Mm-hmm. That's essentially the case holding. We got three words for that. And then the repudiation of Plessy is Brown v. Board, which you're, of mm-hmm. course, going to study in your con law classes, where the holding is separate is inherently unequal. Four words. Mm-hmm. And so um, that sort of main point identification on reading comp is really, really helpful and does translate to a useful law skill. Um, mm-hmm. I want to pivot to logic games because that's my my jam. Yeah. Um, uh, and I argue that logic games, um, I didn't even realize this, but logic games, even their physical structure of how they present the game rules to you is almost identical to how statutes are drafted. You have like a little paragraph, like giving the preamble of a statute, and then you have a bunch of rules of like, did this person commit murder? Yes or no. Here's the necessary and sufficient conditions. And so like all of those kind of things, the concepts of sufficient and necessary and like that directly translates. In fact, it's all over case, uh, all over cases. You'll see justices literally say this is sufficient, not necessary, or this is necessary, not sufficient. They say that all the time. So those concepts that you learn in logic games also translate, but even just the structure, the practice mm-hmm. of reading that stuff looks like statutes. It looks like the rules of evidence. It looks like the um, model uh, penal code. And so like all of those kind of things that you're practicing on logic games, uh, it's priming you, it's training you, even if you don't necessarily know it towards future legal um, school Wow, this is terrible how I'm saying this. Le- your legal future school. legal ed- yeah, legal school, your future legal education. Yeah, and I think that's a good point too because what's going to happen in your criminal law final, regardless of where you go, is your professor is going to write a little story called a hypo and he's going to say this guy robbed a store and then he ran away and the officer did this, da 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 da, right? All of these things and you are going to have to go back to the rules of what, according to the statute, what does it, if I want to charge him with robbery, what rules do I have to follow? And you're going to do the exact same analysis, like with a logic game where it says, you know, if we put the orange CD on top, then the red one has to be below. Same thing. Oh man, if he doesn't have this mens rea, then I'm going to have to use, it's like, it's as if they knew what they were doing. Ah, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Um, what about LR? What do you? Th- so we you you talked a little bit about reading comp. I talked about logic games. What do you think about LR? Definitely, it is. I mean, first of all, LR is 
bite-sized reading comp. So, and I, I will be beating that drum until the day I die. So already you're still practicing those same reading skills. The other thing that I think LR, because it's shorter, it hones in on, did they make that point ironclad? And when you do legal writing exercises in your legal writing courses, they're going to give you cases and they're going to give you a situation and you have to write an argument as well as you can to say, my client is not, you should not be charged with this or whatever. All that to say, you're going to use this skill of looking at an argument and saying like, well, they have that huge flaw right there. Oh, look, answer choice D. Instead of finding answer choice D, you're going to say, there's that huge flaw right there. So I better find a way to use this case to fill in that flaw or whatever. And I think because you get the smaller pieces with LR, you get to zero in on that a lot more and kind of analyze, is this a good argument? And if not, how am I going to deal with that? That's how you write. Yeah. I And I want to add to that, that I feel like like the vast majority of LR is debunking bad arguments, right? Um, I mean, there certainly must be truths and supported and paradoxes and like that kind of stuff. And those are probably, you know, eight to 10 questions um, uh, per section of 25, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. But the vast majority of these things are identify the issue with this argument and then strengthen it, weaken it, um, uh, tell me what the point is, et cetera. And like, that's a case walking in the door for your future client where they have a shitty case and you're like, oh, this case is weak. How do we strengthen it? Or the opponent's case is weak. Let's attack it, you know, mm -hmm. um, those kind of things. So I think that there's like these little bite-sized opportunities to be a lawyer, to be an advocate, which is again, training those skills towards law school. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I really like about that because they're not good arguments, they're actually flawed arguments. I think we learn so much more from making mistakes mm. and grading other people's mistakes. And so I think the LSAT in that way is actually brilliant because they're giving you all these opportunities to learn from mistakes about logic flaws and those kind of things where you're essentially the teacher in that moment teaching the LSAT what they did wrong. And so mm -hmm. I, I just like how that juxtaposition is useful for training people. And that does, this is the other drum that I'll never stop beating. That does also remind me of the very important point of if you absolutely hate what you're doing on the LSAT, there's a very good chance you're going to hate law school. And there is a little heart to heart that you need to have with yourself called this test is actually pretty I don't think it's accurate to everything. We're going to talk about that in a second. But this test is pretty good at giving a, a taste of what is law school like? Am I good at some of the skills I need? Can I gain some of those skills? And if you just hate it, yeah, literally yeah. do anything else. To, to talk about conditional reasoning, um, I think the LSAT and getting the skills and those kind of things that the LSAT test is necessary for success in law school while not being sufficient, right? Yeah. Like you need to be able to do these things. And I would hope that you enjoy it at least somewhat. Mm -hmm. You don't have to enjoy it to do well at the LSAT. Right. You also don't have to enjoy law school or enjoy being a lawyer. Right. I encourage you to do something that you enjoy in your life. And so if you don't enjoy those things, maybe thanks a second thought. Yeah. Um, okay. 
So what do you think that um, the LSAT doesn't prepare? Um, and, and I have some resources that I'm going to read about in a second, but um, what areas do you think that it doesn't necessarily prepare you? So depending on how you're studying for the LSAT and the things in your life, a major factor in law school that obviously can't be reflected on a standardized test is the massive amount of stuff juggling, right? Yes. You have time commitments. You have five different classes. You might have a clinic. You might have, there's all these things going on. All the extracurriculars as well, like moot court, mock trial, clubs, all that stuff too. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Exercise, showering, eating food. Because those suckers, I know some people have a drop to those by the wayside. Did you do anything uh, outside of the norm, uh, say, during your time at law school so far? (laughs) So weird you should ask, Matthew. I would say probably the weirdest thing about me as a person is that I intentionally had an entire human being during law school. My son, who kicks ass and is better at anything than anyone else. Coming for you, Michael Jordan. Um, but I would say that although possible, you know, definitely all of that juggling that has to be done, that's just not something you're that is reflected on the LSAT and also yeah. not some when not like it can. There's nothing wrong with the test that it can't do that. But I do think that maybe the majority of your success in law school is about juggling and keeping up with all these things and sometimes knowing which thing to drop. You can't do it all. And every now and then you have to not go to that meeting and you have to not get, you know, that reading done at that time. So um, those that ability to have this sophisticated time management, that's often a life experience. You just had to have it. And maybe you learn it from the first time in law school. But um, I think that's a big one. Yeah, I want to double down on that. I think people uh, the LSAT can teach you some things about hard work. It is a test of how hard you are willing to work. Um, You know, I came in with a 152 and a year later I walked out with a 171. And Mm -hmm. I know that was a kind of a long journey for me, but I was working while doing this and like all the things. I think that there's some aspects of that juggling, but as Sarah Kamuni, who was just on um, the Demon Daily earlier this, uh, or I think it was earlier this week, um, she talked about how 1L is the hardest she's ever worked. And yeah. I I would agree with that sentiment. I was reading probably eight hours or more a day, seven days a week, plus going to class, plus my work at the Demon. Um, mm-hmm. I don't recommend working in law school, uh, but mm-hmm. I also don't have loans. So I'm paying not taking those loans. Which I encourage people not to do. Don't don't mm-hmm. don't don't take loans if you can avoid them. Um, it's just paying your your future self is paying interest. So anyway, uh, that juggling I I completely concur with. Um, just the sheer amount of reading, the LSAT is not going to prepare you for that. Uh, the the depth of the reading, the analysis, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, again, is not going to prepare you for. Which is gonna, why I'm going to turn to a book recommendation list that we have at the Demon. It, there's a, the first book is Don't Go to Law School Unless. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a great book for everybody to read. Um, then some actual um, uh, sort of like doctrinal classes um, or doctrinal books. Getting a Running Start, Your Guide to Your First Year Curriculum is excellent. Um, getting to Maybe How to Excel on Law School Exams is excellent. Um, and then there's a bunch of other things like Legal Writing in Plain English, Point Made, style, lessons in clarity and grace. We have an entire list of these kind of things at the demon. Um, and I'm going to put that uh, in the show notes. 
But I encourage you, like, check out some of these books that we're recommending. I'm also going to recommend that um, uh, I recorded a podcast. Uh, it was episode 161 with Michael Hill. He's a um, now a rising 3L at GW in D.C., and we talked about some advice for incoming students just to sort of think about. And so there's some resources there. So check those out. They'll be in the show notes, that kind of stuff. Um, Becca, where did you study for the LSAT? Okay, so I was uh, finishing a master's in school administration and teaching middle school English, as well as, of course, you know, studying for the LSAT and all that. So I did study... I actually, I did almost all my study at my kitchen table at my mm -hmm. house in Peoria, Illinois. Thank you very much. And I would definitely say that as much as we just said that the LSAT itself doesn't prepare you for the juggling, just FYI, the realities of your life while studying for it might. Yeah. So there's a counterpoint. But yeah. How about you, Matt? Um, yeah, I, I took a prep course from Nathan and uh, learned all this stuff from uh, Nathan and Ben and the demon. Um, so, and, and like you, we were saying before we came on the air, it's funny. We were sitting in criminal procedure this entire semester. And like every time something from the LSAT nerd land would come up, we'd be like, ha that person mistook sufficient for necessary. Like, so we just keep laughing about that and sending each other, um, like LSAT memes while we're in actual law school. So. And that's why we don't have any other friends. <laughs> sad day <laughs> that's a lie we're both extremely popular yeah the, but yeah no i mean truly you do sit in classes and especially something about criminal classes for what it's worth yeah. that always does seem to be where it really comes up but it's just like well there's the lsat there's the lsat just yeah. like painfully yeah. obvious especially yeah. criminal constitutional like that yes. was the most i think i've ever seen it totally yeah. and evidence um i do think that um you know, the way that we are able to teach our classes at the Demon, because like we're very honest and we're very transparent, the way we're able to teach our classes and talk about things and even put our own personal experience in it, I do think gives a fairly accurate representation. But of yeah. course, you also only see me for an hour in class while I'm doing this thing I'm already really good at and I already really like doing. Yeah. So even that, like there's always going to be a learning curve by the time someone actually goes to law school themselves and yeah. experiences it. So I think part of it is accepting, which a lot of law students cannot do this, but you have to accept that you're not prepared for everything and you're going to have to learn it on the fly. And that that whole thing of like, okay, I'm in here and I've got to learn it as I go is what lawyers do as well, yeah. very frequently. So that's a skill in and of itself. You can prepare in a lot of ways, your LSAT prep will help you, but at the end of the day, you have to be the person who can show up and figure it out when somebody says, here you go. Yep. You have to take it and figure it out as you go. And I think the LSAT is a great training tool for that concept. I think that's yeah. a great place for us to wrap it up. You can learn more of this kind of stuff um, by dropping into Becca's or my classes. We're open books. We talk about this kind of stuff all the time um, with our students, so feel free to stop by. Um, Becca teaches uh, predominantly reading comp and LR. I teach predominantly logic games um, in the Demon Live. Awesome. This has been great. Yes. Thanks for being on, Thanks Becca. For, oh, my gosh. What a joy. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we do hope, if you're able, we'd hope to see you in class. And um, if not, thanks for taking the time to just, like, know some stuff. <laughs>
<laughs> if you'd like to be on the show, email daily at lsatdemon.com if you'd like to ask us a question or share some LSAT or law school admissions news. Thanks for listening. 